Hey, everybody. Good to be with you for Joel and Rob's podcast. It is good to be with you. Joel, what are we talking about today? Uh, are we talking about prayer today? <laughs> I see what you're doing as you, t- you took a big bite of your celery stick. Today, we are talking about the spiritual practice of food. Faith never was so tasty. <laughs> but we first begin with a TV show theme song. That's right. And I'm going to a show that Joel and I both confess to enjoying and laughing out loud out at times. Although it's a show I hardly ever watch. Um, and it's also a show that admittedly uh, can be offensive at times. So just put that out there. But it's. Uh, Is it a show that I'm currently making my way through that we've talked about? No. Okay. No, it's it's not that one. Okay, but you'll know this the second the second you hear it. That was my next guess. <laughs> that was my next guess. Yes, when you said mildly offensive, I went, "Yeah, Family Guy." And that show, it is a good theme song. And that show has been around for a long time. It's still is it still on? I it's still on, I believe. Yes. So, uh, Family Guy. Just in case you don't know, it's a um, animated show that is not for uh, children. It is for adults. the humor can cross the line sometimes. Um, but Yeah, there's usually some scene in every single episode, which is honestly why we've gotten out of the habit of watching it. And yes. My hats. <clears throat> because for, you know, eons in our house, we, we it's just been too inappropriate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome everyone to Joel and Rob's podcast. Uh, we are in our Sunday morning series of Animate Practices, and today we're going to take a look at the practice we explored this past Sunday, which was food, Mm -hmm. uh, which was, um, we've heard from a few people that have really resonated with it because it's not seen as one of the more traditional spiritual practices, Um, but... um, I think after going through it on Sunday, we've heard a f- few comments where people kind of said, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can see how it can be a spiritual practice. Uh, and so Sunday was uh, World Communion Sunday, and you, Rob, had put together this great spread on the communion table um, of food from um, purchased at a local grocery store, but food that represented the world as it was World Communion Sunday. Um, and we talked about how food connects us 
um, to our roots and to our families and to memories. Uh, we each shared a story of uh, comfort food. Uh, and it also connects us to different cultures and different um, ethnicities. And we talked also about, um, for Jesus, food and faith were um, intimately uh, connected. Um, so communion is an immediate one um, that we celebrated this past Sunday where uh, he said some actual um, rather shocking things. In the Gospel of John, he says, I am the bread of life. He says, eat my flesh. Um, and we also discussed how food and meals were a place where Jesus exemplified God's love and God's inclusion and acceptance, um, that he intentionally would use meals as a place to eat with those that were kind of pushed to the side, that were seen as outsiders or, or unworthy of God's love, um, tax collectors um, and uh, sinners. Uh, and then we talked about food as a way to, um, to love our neighbor. Uh, and we explored the, the story of um, uh, feeding of the 5,000. Um, and uh, in that story, um, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Hey, we've got a lot of people here. They're hungry. You should send them away and, um, or tell them to go get some food. And Jesus says, No, I want you. Why don't, why don't you go do that? Why don't you give them some food? Um, and he puts it back on the disciples. Um, uh, and so we also talked about this, though, which I think was, for me, a very different way to discuss food. We talked about how food can be a place where we cross a boundary um, and we enter into a whole different culture and learn something about that culture and we even talked about how that can be a place where you can look for how God is present um, in that culture. Uh, and so Jesus I thought Jesus used food as an intentional vehicle to cross cultures. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's very evident in the Gospels, right? So food wasn't just, you know, uh, a, a blessing. It was... It was the means that he, he, he practiced using food to cross boundaries. Yeah. Whether it was cultural boundaries, um, whether it was kind of socioeconomic boundaries, Correct. whether it was righteous sinner boundaries. Yep. The, one of the most radical things he did was as a respected rabbi, and even Jesus' opponents would admit that he was a respected, very knowledgeable rabbi, right? Yeah. So as a very respected rabbi in the Hebrew tradition, for him to eat with known sinners was hugely offensive to the Hebrew hierarchy, mm -hmm. right? It placed people who were considered holy on the same plane as those who were considered undeserving, sinful, and outcast. Yeah, yeah. And the way Jesus did that, the way Jesus leveled the playing field was was through food. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. There, there are probably some of the some of my favorite stories as a kid were these stories, where he um, 
he intentionally went and ate with those that everyone else saw as unworthy, as unlovable. It's 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 just the classic Jesus stories. Um, uh, one of my favorites has always been the story of Zacchaeus. And in, in that story, Luke, the author, really makes sure that Zacchaeus is looked down upon. He's not really liked at all. And Jesus... He's not just the tax collector. He's the chief yeah. tax collector. He's the, he's the one controlling the whole corrupt system. Yep. Yep. And Jesus sees him in the tree and sees his eagerness to uh, want to be with him, be close to him, to see him, and says, Zacchaeus, I'd like to eat with you today, Um, which from how you've just described it was a powerful statement um, to make. And it was an offensive statement, not just to the Hebrew hierarchy, it was an offensive thing that he did just amid the townsfolk. Yeah. Because it goes, he, it goes political power, right? Religious power. And then the peasant class, just the every ordinary class. And then it's the, the, the bottom rung are, are the known sinners and the beggars and the lepers. And, you know, uh, and here Jesus was even, even among that peasant class, he was, he was he was going in and he was <clears throat> leveling that playing field. It, it offends everybody above it because even even the next to the bottom class or caste or wherever we are in the present day world still holds power over the class or the caste below them. Hmm. And it's one of the greatest hmm. political and religious weapons that the world has wielded time and time and time again hmm. is that people in high up authority will pit one of the lower classes against an even lower class. Hmm. I mean, it's political weaponry, and sadly, the church has at times bought into that as well. Hmm. When the church closes its doors or does not welcome in one who we would say doesn't meet our community values or or what have you. You yeah. know, it's it's present. So so let's talk a little bit about uh, food and boundaries. Hmm. Yep. Has, ha, how ha, how have you ever experienced that in regards with food and crossing a boundary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was when I was able to leave our country and do some traveling. Um, uh, right after uh, Kim and I were married, we got to take a couple weeks and go to Greece and Turkey. Um, and so um, Greece, uh, we experienced this amazing dessert called baklava. Um that uh, we've had it back here and it's just not the same. And so starting to, to eat some foods when I was over there that I, that I never would have eaten over here. But then it was really in Turkey um, that was a huge boundary crossing for me. Because in Greece, we still were in primarily uh, a Christian world. Um, Greek Orthodox, so um, a different expression of Christianity, but Turkey was full-on Muslim um, country. So to the point where um, uh, 
I can't remember how often it was. It might have been every four hours um, was the Muslim call to prayer. I can't remember how often it was, but huge three times a day, I think. Huge speakers. So maybe so every eight hours, huge speakers would start blaring wherever we were. And at first, it was awkward and a little annoying. Um, But as I stayed there throughout the week, I started to appreciate it. I started to appreciate this intentional call to prayer. Um, uh, The moment for me was when we were in a little town called Gorame. Gorame is in... um, a region which they call um, Cappadocia. We might pronounce it as Cappadocia. It's actually a region that is in the book of Acts. And it's this very unique area um, where it's um, volcano um, eruption thousands of years ago caused the topography to be, it almost looks like these um, uh that these these hills and and they're actually made out of um, volcanic rock that had that had dried and so people have now dug out homes within these um, hills you could call them and so we stayed our our motel was in one of these um, and uh, the owner of our motel um, I was outside one day in the afternoon and he was out there sitting. Um, uh, sitting outside at a table in front of him, chair, and he was drinking some chai tea. And he was about my age, kind of early 30s. I was mid-30s. And he asked me to sit down with him. And I'd already met him a few times. Never had chai tea before. Uh, It was delicious. Um, And we sat and talked for about 45 minutes. He shared a little bit about his experience growing up Muslim, uh, we talked a little bit about that in my experience. I was in seminary at that time. Um, but really, we just talked about life and what it was like for him growing up and his work and business. And in the midst of that, I realized I could be great friends with this guy. We could be great friends. I felt a connection with him, um, live in totally different countries, grew up in totally different um, religious structures, and um, he could be a good friend of mine. Uh, and so I think back to that conversation often, and that that helped me um, take a step out of my own Christianity and cross a boundary and learn and listen from someone else. So that chai tea, that yeah. chai tea we had was great. Amen. How about you? Uh, well, some of the most obvious ways in which food is, has brought me across a culture, cultural boundary is, is probably my time as a pastor having meals with um, area, other area um, religious leaders, in particular rabbis, mm-hmm. um, and uh, meeting them at places where they could get a kosher meal or eating um, with them at their synagogue. Mm-hmm. And having a kosher spread, um, and developing relationships where we could talk about that, and in the place of culture, not only within, um, because in in the Jewish tradition, um, 
there are families that keep kosher and families that don't. Um, and, and to talk about the role that they see kosher meals playing, uh, and because it comes straight out of the Old Testament, right? It comes out of the Torah and, um, and, and all the food laws and purity codes um, that we as Christians don't adhere to, and some and some of um, Jew, Jewish traditions don't, but but many many do, um, and had some delicious meals. Uh, and then I think of how important it was at, growing up in New Jersey, how important it was to my parents, in particular my mom, to connect my brother and me back into um, our the, the southern, the southeastern culture through food. Mm. Uh, because my whole family is really from the southeast. Uh, all of my grandparents were in Kentucky. That's you know, where we spent all of our vacations growing up. So it was really important to her that we, <laughs> that we know and taste and, and kind of identify to some degree with things like uh, grits uh, and Southern fried chicken, which is different than pretty much every other form of <laughs> fried chicken. Southern fried chicken is kind of its own thing and uh, fried okra and, uh, in my world, there are good green beans and bad green beans. And if the green beans aren't overcooked like nobody's business with bacon and ham hock in it, then they're mm. not green beans. Yeah. You know, so uh, kind of that. And then the other, the other, uh, I'll never forget the time my parents took my brother and me to a soul food restaurant. Mm. And they introduced us to soul food and explained kind of the background of it. Mm. Uh, and where this comes from and pointed out that everybody's, you know, uh, serving it was African-American uh, preparing it. And it comes out of this deep tradition of uh, that, that goes far back into America's history. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, just being amazed at, a, at how delicious it all was. And uh, it, that was kind of the first moment in my young life still then when, where I saw how food and history mm. and culture can all tell a story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you and if you and if you want to, you can use food to dig into that history and into that culture and begin to form relationships through it. Mm. Um, so that was revelatory to, to me. Thanks for sharing that. Um, because it's what it's it's one of the things I love about our country is that we're so big that in different regions you can find different subcultures within our American culture, which then brings out different food experiences. Um, every region we go to, there uh, there is there is a uniqueness of how um, food is savored in that area and experienced and treasured and um, prepared. Um, yeah, thank you. So uh, this this week we are inviting TPC to, to take on uh, one or all three of our at-home practices. The first one was comfort food. Uh, the two of us in Sunday's sermon talked about our own comfort food and encouraged you to uh, make something this week or, or um, prepare something, buy something that is comfort food for you. 
But at the same time, um, to explore what is the memory that that comfort food evokes for you. What does it bring you back to? What um, feelings of love and warmth coincide with that comfort food? Um, And the second was kind of what we just talked about, multicultural, to try and experience some food this week that uh, helps you cross a boundary. It could be a whole meal, or we even said it could be to um, try and pick up one fruit or vegetable that is... uh, that would be a boundary crosser for you, eat it, but also then do a little research on what is it about that culture that is new to you. Learn something about that culture. And the third was um, food for all, and that you would uh, give a donation um, or time and energy or to bring food to, to either an organization that we support, ACTC, um, uh, student support network. Um, we are serving, uh, we are creating our monthly meal next week, a week from today with Mount Calvary AME, um, uh, or, do, or donate something. So we encourage you to try and do all three, but at least try and do one, uh, as our at-home practice for this week. Hey, these are fun ways to practice faith. They seriously. are. So they are. I would encourage you all to do all three. Yep. Yep. So we will be back with you this Sunday at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live, and we'll take on another practice this coming Sunday. Uh, You can find us at TowsonPress.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Towson Press. Thanks for being with us, everybody, and we will see you soon.